Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Oh, we're back here. Welcome back on Raider Nation Radio for Hour 2. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Vinny Bonson, you're all here with you on this Funk Tuesday. 69187 is the Sam and Ash text line because you deserve what's right. And you can also hit us up on Twitter at RNR 920 AM. Great stuff. We'll read your tweets and texts, quibbles, and complaints here on RNR 920 as we are brought to you by Finley Cadillac Performance Studio here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jason Fitz, our good buddy, might be on vacation. I talked to him yesterday before the show, but that doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't take time off because I've been wondering when it might be because he has to take a little time off. He has yet to do so. We might have hit him on the wrong day. We'll find out later. Jason Fitz will join us eventually, perhaps later this week or uh, maybe later today. But be that as it may, we talked about the Indomitian Sioux possibilities. We also thought about you know how this uh, defense could look and what would be the maybe areas of concern the Raiders would put some money in in free agency. All that and more, we'll get to it in this show. But uh, we were going to break down the opponents that the Raiders have in the AFC South. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those divisions that can kind of go overlooked, but one that could still put a big monkey wrench on your season. And we were going to talk to Jason about the Tennessee Titans because he lives in Nashville and used to cover the, the Titans extensively when he lived there before joining ESPN. The point is, is that the Titans are still living high and dry up in the AFC South. They are kind of like the de facto top team in that division. But by the time the Raiders face them, it'll be week three in the season. And it makes me wonder how that will play out in Nashville because it seems as though that the Titans, if they would have maybe kept some of their pieces instead of letting it go in the offseason, especially when they traded the wide receiver Brown at the at the NFL draft, it seems as though that they are still kind of in flux and they're still looking for the right answers, especially on offense. And they have one of the top offenses in the league. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, we're going to find out pretty quickly how tough the Raiders are uh, by going down to play the Tennessee Titans. That's a team that's going to force you to bring your lunch pail, uh, strap it on, and get after it because they're going to be as physical. Uh, an opponent as the Raiders play this year. I think the Raiders are going to be big and physical as well. I think that's something that they're going to try to hang their hat on. But that's what you're going to have to match, the physicality and toughness uh, in Tennessee. It's not going to be fancy. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. They're going to run it uh, and, and and try to establish the run game and force you to defend the run game um, and then take chances, obviously, on some some um, you know play action if they are able to to establish that run game. And it brings us to the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, and um, you know uh, how much you, to me when you look at the the, the the AFC South that the Raiders play this year, they got to go three and one uh, in the at, at least, and maybe even four and zero. Oh. I think they're capable of going four and zero oh against these opponents. When you talk about the Colts, the Tennessee Titans, the Houston uh, Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, but it all starts with the Tennessee, you know, uh, the Titans, and you got to bring your your hard hat and lunch pail and, and get after it. <laughs> And Titans, for what it's worth, were you know first in the AFC South last year, twelve and five record, and a five and one record in the division. Yeah. So, which wasn't ultimately too hard to acquire in my assessment, just because when you look at Houston and their four wins, and you look at Jacksonville and their three wins, and you know it wasn't necessarily 
<clears throat> tough divisional it play. It was not at all. Comparatively. So yeah. the thing that stands out to me that I've been doing a lot of looking into is the trade of A.J. Brown and bringing in Traylon Burks. Because from Traylon Burks, it went number 18 in the draft. Wide receiver for markets. All right. Haven't seen a lot. You heard from Albert Breer about weight issues. Uh, he came in like <laughs> what, around 230 doing the combine or so. He carries walks around usually like 225. That's pretty big for a He's wide a big receiver. Period. Uh, you want to talk physical, you didn't get <laughs> yeah. it from the wide receiver right. too. So I hope Trayvon Mullen wears his hard hat. And then you go in there <laughs> and uh, he hasn't been to OTAs. Hasn't been to minicamp. They said he's had issues with asthma. So the fact that he hasn't been seen on the field yet is a little concerning if you're trying to put all your eggs into that basket after getting rid of A.J. Brown. And we don't know Robert Woods yet, too. Um, no. He's coming off a, uh, a a kind of a late, not a late injury, late season injury, but definitely into, what, October, I guess it was, uh, where he injured his knee. So we don't know where he is in terms of availability, if he'll be out on the field uh, at that point in the season uh, as well. So... You know, um, when you're when you're looking at Tennessee right now, it's it's a different Tennessee team than than we remember a little bit, especially at, at that wide receiver position. I just want to add to that the the right tackle play has not been great, and that that's the condor feed. On that right side, <laughs> that is where you can take advantage. And think about what Chandler Jones did yeah. last year, taking advantage of the left side, where he, mm -hmm. he had compiled five sacks in that one game against Tennessee, and they obliterated the Cardinals, absolutely surprised and shocked Tennessee right. early in the in season. In Tennessee, I think, too. In Tennessee, right. in Nashville. All right, and they haven't had really uh, good – they've been terrible with their um, – passing protection on the offensive line as well. It's something I was looking up yesterday and you see that when you when you think about that and how they've allowed a lot of sacks on that line that that for the Raiders front, just thinking again, I'm sure fans can salivate over the fact that Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, even no matter who you're putting in, a nose tackle, you're going up with, no, with two D tackles, it, there's going to be a lot of opportunity. opportunity. Without question. And isn't Tannehill coming off like a 8,000 interception game in, in right. the playoffs. What do you have? I think it was a... 8,000. Five? Five? I mean, what, once you get to a certain point, it might as well be that point. Like, he's coming off just a horrible playoff game, too, and not a very great season to begin with. Right. It's weird uh, to kind of judge what Tannehill does. He seems to have to make up for his shortcomings with his arm. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because of the receiving options that aren't really there, but if you want, if the Raiders need to stop, the Titans, they have to stop the run game. I thought the Titans needed a tight end as well. Like that could have been useful for them, but it, yes. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, it comes down to that run. Derrick Henry is a beast of a man and injured coming back. I don't care. He has a work ethic that is above and beyond. And if you ever watch any of his videos where he's got like um, those heavyweight chains around his neck while he's deadlifting, it's a, it's a scary sight. It's yeah. scary. Those chains got to be like 200 pounds, yeah. like the way they wear around him. The chains fear his sweat. <laughs> Like, I mean, he's somebody that goes next level. Nobody works out like that. That's no. what I love about Derek. If it's just for show, I still love it. And you know you hear, what I mean? If it's not real, it's like, I don't care. I just love watching that. And you hear about, like, workout warriors versus, you know, who puts it together on the field. Sometimes the gym rat isn't necessarily the guy that shows out on the field on game day. He's in his both. case, yes, <laughs> yes. That guy is a physical marvel. Um, uh, unbelievable work ethic and uh, easy to root for, too. Seems mm -hmm. like a real gentleman. Um, uh 
when he's not just you know steamrolling uh, opponents on the field. Tannehill, twenty-one uh, touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. Uh, that's that's not real great. Forty thousand. Uh, uh, twenty-one. Twenty-one. No, no, no. Uh, twenty-one touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, forty-seven sacks. He was sacked yeah. forty-seven times yeah. last year. Now, granted, they played a whole bunch of games mm-hmm. uh, w- w- without uh, their big running back, so um, you know that's getting him back is going to certainly help the entire operation. But uh, you know, and we were in Oakland when we saw Ryan Tannehill come into. Uh, it was a different Raiders team. Uh, thankfully, sure. uh, they're, they're much better now. But boy, he tore him up. But that was with AJ Brown uh, out on the field as well, and obviously Derrick Henry. I think the Raiders have changed for the much better since then. And I think the Tennessee Titans have taken a little bit of a step back. Do you get the A.J. Brown trade, Clay? No, I don't, I don't because I felt the, the Titans were slightly one-dimensional with A.J. Brown because they needed another complimentary receiver to kind of help uh, at least take the pressure off him. It would have been a great for them. It would have been great if you bring in Robert Woods with oh man AJ Brown. That's a great complimentary piece right there. Yeah. Perfect for each other. But the the AJ Brown almost made me feel like they felt like they could go find his equivalency in the draft. That's and that's taking a big step, especially the where they drafted him and all the wide receivers that left the door before they got there. That's sometimes fool's gold um, to think that you can get the equivalent uh, in the trade. I mean, or the Vikings traded Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills for a first round pick, and that first round mm-hmm. pick ended up being ended up being Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Now that worked out, but right. that's few and far between. There's very few examples of you know not only replacing the guy, but maybe in some cases an upgrade over the guy. And Stefan Diggs is pretty darn good, so um, you're not going to find that very often. And there's to me anyway, at least off to the not so auspicious start that uh, that uh, Burks is off to in Tennessee. We don't even know what the, what they're going to be able to get from him this year. Yeah, that's the scary part. I mean, you have a rookie that hasn't shown up yet to your OTAs, <laughs> to your mini camps, and Mike Vrabel's like, no comment. <laughs> that's right. that's uh, <laughs> concerning right there that you had a no comment on it. You don't have anybody really saying, um, you know, well, he's just maybe in a rehab process or something's going on with him, you know, that we Ooh, aren't aware boy. of. The fact that he's just not there hasn't reported. I mean, man, ma- minicam is mandatory, so it's it is like mandatory. he's getting he's getting a fine, and he's a rookie, right? Is well, that the case? So he was out of minicamp. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, if that is the case, and obviously, I don't know if he signed his contract. I don't think he has. Um, that could be disconcerting, you know, Definitely. without without question. And uh, now, granted, we're we're in June. Uh, the game's not until what late September. Uh, with the Raiders against the Tennessee Titans, maybe Burks is uh, flying high at that point. But right now, uh, if you're the Raiders, you're like, yeah, don't don't be in any rush to uh, to, to, to get back. And and they may be catching the Tennessee Tennessee Titans at, at just the right time. And when you look at the fact that they're playing the entire uh, uh, division, AFC South division, that's the one team that you know um, it, it's fifty fifty going to Tennessee and winning that game. But everyone, every other team, they play the Colts at home. They play Houston at home. They go to Jacksonville. That's a game that they should win. You're looking at three should-win games yeah. at the very least. But uh, they're going to be a challenge if they're not that. Yeah, it, it's a it's it's funny how the AFC South teams for the Raiders in their schedule, they pop in there at the most inopportune times. Even though they might be low on the talent level this year, um, they, it, we'll, we'll get into that more throughout the show. But here's one thing. Here's a weapon on that I don't – I have concern for the Raiders. If, you know, you stop the run with Derrick Henry, that's one thing. But when the Raiders have to stop the run from Ryan Tannehill, last year he ran for 270 yards and 33 first downs he ran for. 
Killers. Those are killers. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. he had 55 rushing attempts last year, and you don't think of Mike Vick as Ryan Tannehill. But uh, they sneakily find ways for him to go and keep the chains alive, keep things moving. He's absolutely destructive when he can go and get outside the pocket and run for first downs. He's not afraid to do so and take on the contact. And the Raiders will have to really watch that because uh, if you can stop Derek, you've got to stop Ryan on the yeah. ground, too. Can yeah. we just marvel in the fact that Derrick Henry played less than half of a season and had 937 right? rushing yards? He was, he was headed Good to an God, MVP that's year. Amazing. And, and, <laughs> that's and so amazing. Let's not forget Tannehill. Tannehill started his college career as a wide receiver, so there's definitely athletic ability uh, behind <laughs> behind all that. And those are those backbreakers. You know, a lot of those first downs come on first on third downs. You know, where you where you've played really good defense and you've put them uh, behind the eight ball a little bit, and then you obviously you get after the quarterback and think that you might have a sack, and all of a sudden he's you know uh, 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 slipping away for a first down. Those <laughs> are backbreakers. Okay, so I looked up here at yards just scrimmage for um, Derrick Henry in eight games, 1,091 yeah. <laughs> yards from scrimmage. Yep. That's catching, uh, it's, that's rushing. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Ten, ten touchdowns. He had a regular season in half the games. Right. That <laughs> most people have. It's like a Pro Bowl half year. Yeah. You know, you just immediately go into the game. Right. Well, and and that and we'll take a break on that. But that kind of like almost starts to let you further know that how happy are you with what the Raiders are doing on the defensive line to stop the run? When you think of teams like that that are going to be in your way, well, it's Raider Nation Radio. We'll get more on this on the other side and get your thoughts as well. It's seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. It's the Realty One Group Listener Line. You're on Raider Nation Radio. It's a Funk Tuesday. Let's go. Funk Tuesday on Raider Nation Radio. Welcome back to the Morning Tailgate. Clay Baker, Heidi Fang, Vinny Bonson, you're here with you on Raider Nation Radio. Interesting text that came in on the Salmon Ash text line 69187 from the 408. He says, if you guys don't want to pay Sue and feel the D-line is already set, then what do you do with the money that you have for your salary cap? And what other position groups do you throw it at? Thank you, uh, sir or madam. Uh, four oh wait, what's up, San Jose? Sorry, I had to get in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Los Gatos. <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Morgan Hill? <laughs> just, just. I hate to be the bearer of bad news or whatever, or put uh, throw a, a, a wet blanket on on things. But I think people are still making the mistake of the twenty million dollars under the cap equaling twenty million dollars in cash right. to spend, or even ten yeah. million dollars in cash to spend. We don't. It's 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 not that. Let's just put it that way. Let's just put that to bed. Uh, they don't have twenty million dollars to spend. They they could um, if it was in the budget. Uh, but the the Raiders are spending a lot of cash going into the twenty twenty two season. They're in uh, the top fifteen, I think it is, in cash spent. That's what you have to look at. It's not always what the um, what what the salary cap. Uh, says so when you see twenty million dollars or so under the cap, it doesn't mean they have that money to spend in the budget. But could they afford him if, like, in Dama Kunsu? And I want to answer that question too. But mm-hmm. could they afford him if they were to say, like, you know, maybe do some sort of signing bonus, like he got in Tampa of five million, and then putting in the rest to a contract of some sort. Like, if we get to the playoffs, you get. 1.5 or you know how how they structure it could, it, could that it all work? depends on what's in Minutia. the budget what right. is what is in the, like the actual <laughs> money to spend uh you know in, in the budget and every team has a budget i don't care who you are every team has a budget now um you know that doesn't mean they don't have any money to spend at all they, have, they absolutely do uh but is it 
10 million dollars is it 6 million dollars mm-hmm. that they really you know uh, have to 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 work with it's definitely not 20 million dollars so um just because you see that that they have space under the cap uh, it doesn't mean that they have that much money to spend. And also, you got to make sure that every team has about five to five and a half million before you go into the season, yeah. because you You're need that about money. Cap space now. Well, with money to spend yeah. that you have to spend during the year for other additions exactly. and pe- uh, picking up acquisitions throughout the year for injury. The rainy day. Five to six million is kind of like a good wheelhouse to be in. So yes. you know this group is smart like that. They're going to keep that too. Yeah, like the Brandon face, uh, Brandon uh, face on. Fund right, right. <laughs> yes, Denzel Perryman going to get right uh, last year. So, uh, so things are going to happen as well um, throughout training camp. You know, you, you knock on wood on on injuries, but that's always a concern. Um, uh, so, so you have to be prepared, like like Clay was talking about. You have to have some reserve to be able to devote to fill a hole that becomes a real literal hole because somebody went down. Which means, I think, if you can think about bringing in somebody like Daryl Williams, All right, there we what go. kind of contract would he uh, command? I'm looking at spot track three years, twenty four million with the Buffalo Bills. So still kind of a priority ticket uh, free agent. A lot of money you'd have to throw that way. Signing bonus, uh, $5.4 million. Average salary, $8 million. I almost said 8000 That's what they're projecting? Yeah, this is this is uh, based off of last year's numbers I'm going with. So if, if you think in terms of that, maybe bring it down a notch, age, you know, that kind of stuff. They're saying here, uh, as a current dead contract signing bonus, Three point six million is what it says um, for twenty twenty two. If you were to bring them in for one year, but um, heading Dang. on the heading on the other side of thirty, we all know what that means in the NFL. But for line, uh, offensive linemen, sometimes they could make a still a pretty good career, have some good starts left in them, up to so, you know, mid thirties or so. Without uh, question, and, yeah. and, and, and a guy solid right tackle throughout the years. Everyone knows him. Uh, uh, would that start to signal that they've uh, lost faith in guys that they've been trying to get? To play right tackle because you bring in a Daryl Williams, for example, he's only going to play that position. He's not no, he's also around. a guard. He could play guard. Okay, well, yeah, I don't versatility. Th- I don't think you're bringing him in to play guard, though. I think you're bringing yeah. him in to play depends. right tackle. It depends. <laughs> I yeah. I, well, if you even they, bring they got it. a lot of guards on this team, uh, but are they? good? I mean, I think Denzel Good is the guy that they're hoping gets healthy. But then when you're talking, w- w- what other guards are we talking about that are good that are that are proven? Yeah, that's the thing. Proven. If you bring in Dylan Parham and he's going to play guard. Maybe you have him, you have John Simpson there, and you're hoping that, like you said, Denzel could get right. healthy. So Lester can... Yeah, yeah, and that's maybe. somebody we were talking about, you know, came in, Alabama prospect, undrafted free agent that worked out with the Raiders back in 2019, had ended up on the practice squad, released 2020, comes in 2021, and, you know, um, played, I think, at the end of the season, right? Uh, so it he's somebody that has been getting some first team reps, getting some looks. I don't know what that means necessarily. If it's just because they're trying to see who all can get the best looks at that position. And also means that Denzel's not ready to play yet. So he would probably, you would think he would be the one that would get the majority of the reps at right tackle or excuse me, at right guard. If he was, if he was healthy. So, yeah, there is to me. There's uncertainty uh, at guard. It depends a lot on where Denzel Good is physically, um, and is he going to be ready to go? And is he gonna, is he going to be able to contribute? I think Clay, if 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 that if that question gets answered, you feel pretty decent about your guards, right? If Denzel Good is healthy, yeah, yeah, I think you do. I, I think especially since there's so much familiarity with what uh, with what these guys can do already, uh, and if Derek Carr is confident that he's going to get the same kind of pop that he needs. 
but they uh, they've they had a lot of guys in camp, right? They they, they looked at a lot of different uh, rotations, and still names like Lester Cotton pop in there as like, wow, they really liked him, and uh, it makes you wonder like, what are they really set on, and who are they set on, and does bringing in another guy solidify? And at least put their heads to rest when they go to bed at night, like knowing that, all right, we have our right tackle, we have our guys, and we have that set up. Do they have to go to free agency to find that, though? I also wouldn't rule out trade, too. Like, like that might be the more if – you, you're if, right. you, if you're looking to get somebody yeah. that you – like, like look, look, let's face it. There's reasons why guys are available right now on the free agent market, you know, for whatever reason, age, the declining play, whatever the case might be. Um, there's a reason those guys are available. Uh, but somebody that's on another roster where there might be a surplus at a uh, at a at a position for another team, um, I, I wouldn't rule out a trade. I, I do think that the right if the if the right opportunity presented itself, I think the Raiders would be more than open uh, to to doing an upgrade along the offensive line. Whether that means right tackle or the interior, whatever the case is, I think that they would be open. But it, it has to be the right opportunity. And when I hear that, um, you know, expressed to me, that's when I start thinking, okay. What does that mean? Does that mean free agency? I mean, the opportunities are there. It's just a phone call, you know, in terms of that. But when the right opportunity comes around, that leads me to think maybe there's somebody in a trade scenario. These guys mm. are good at trades, Heidi. I got to mm. admit, not many teams like to do NFL trades or can pull them off. But the Ziegler era already, we've seen a lot of trades. Yeah, they made that trade. With Devontae Adams got rid of Tyreek Hill out of the division. So that, yeah. that was profitable. The, the Edwards, <laughs> they traded for Denzel Perry. I mean, this isn't that group. But right. when you think about trades, they yeah. traded for Denzel Perry. Perryman last year, and he uh-huh. turned out to be a Pro Bowl player. So, again, you know, it's 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 there's a lot of time. There's still a lot of time, even though it doesn't seem like that. There's still a lot of time, and there's there's all sorts of uh, scenarios and situations outside of this building in 31 other buildings that could create an opportunity that the Raiders can jump on. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred is the Realty One Group listener line. We'll take some calls here on Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate out to New Jersey with Mitch. All right, Mitch, you've been banging the drum slowly. On Indama Kinsu, what do you think about the news that came out yesterday with Indama gone on NFL Live? Well, let me say good morning. Good morning Heidi. to you. Well, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Oh, good, good. Had a good weekend. Hope you guys, hope you guys had a Father's Day weekend. Likewise. Thank you. Yes. Out there. Uh, had the, the baby shower went, went well Saturday. Good. My mouth didn't spill the beans. That came close, but I, uh, <laughs> uh, my daughter was pretty surprised. Oh, that's a great. suspicious being at the bank. Um, so, hey, the Yankees got a rod even after having Derek Jeter. I see no excuse for not having Dominic Sue. Don't lowball him. You do have a glut of uh, running backs, Rashad. It's been nice knowing you. Uh, you gotta get Dominic Sue. And, and one thing, one more thing. I probably, I probably said this before. When they let go of Solomon Thomas, and of course, Vinny, you know I can't pronounce this guy's name. Inigua. Oh yeah, Inigua Gagway. No, Inigua Gagway. What team was he traded to? Oh, he went to the Colts. For Rock Yassin. Yeah. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Mitch. It's a difficult name. Got to admit. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's you got guys like, you know, that follow kind of Gus Bradley over there. You yeah. know, Gakwe was one of them, but Quentin Jefferson now? I mean, right. you, you, you know, you got some uh, familiarity over there that, that that's happening in the Colts system. Right. And, uh 
trading Unique and Gakwe it will also paved the way for Chandler Jones. Or I forget. I think those those moves were fairly mutual. They were. How, what do you how do you describe it, uh, Clay? The uh, the complimentary the the fungible? corresponding the corresponding move. Yeah, corresponding. <laughs> the corresponding. I didn't know if it was move. fungible. I just wanted to yeah. use words that you like. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, anytime we bring up the word minutia. <laughs> It, re- it like immediately gets reaction on the uh, on Twitter or the text slide, and again Fabian coming to the day minutia. <laughs> Fabian, these are big words for Fabian. I said I didn't even know if I used it correctly when Vinny was talking. I just wanted to see it. I use it to see if Fabian Fungibility. was around. Fungibility. And, and that word too. There was no way Ngakwe was going to stay on the roster after they signed Chandler Jones or vice versa. Didn't make any sense. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. It's no no space, no spot. And. Money <laughs> and know. that lots of money. Yep, and lots I mean, of let's money. not forget the 2005 Yankees that were referenced had a whole lot of money uh, because they had Matsui, Jeter, uh, Sheffield, yes, and Rodriguez. That was like, <laughs> yeah, and there was insanity. no there was no uh, salary cap excise tax, so right. you could spend as much as you want, yeah, and it didn't spending. matter. And I think Rivera, Mariano Rivera was still yeah. on that team. Oh, yeah, Jeez. definitely. Oh, my God. That was 54 saves, whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. <laughs> Just a colossus of talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we brought up uh, Gus Bradley and the Colts. Let's go there next. We'll take a break and we'll come back because the Raiders are going to face a team again for the fifth straight year, and it's on an AFC South opponent. A very tricky matchup coming up next with the Colts here on Mayor Nation Radio. Here's Carr, takes a snap, sprints off to the right, fires on the run, jackpot, baby! Touchdown, Raiders, Hunter Infro! There's a penalty flag down. I think it's going to be against the Colts, Brent. Derek did a good job extending the play. I know a lot of people have been on him about that. And so, you know, you just it's all about the first step. And if you can, you know, see it right before the DB does and Derek can find you, then you have a good formula for success there. And uh, Derek did that. The O-line did a good job of extending the play and letting us extend it. And uh, Derek found me. It was a it was a good job by him. Yeah, I'm fine with whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I came back to Ole and I was like, you know, maybe I should have ran a little bit and, and got down at the five. But, uh, you know, you're not thinking about that all, all too much. Start you out here. Old Funk Tuesday with Bootsy. George and Bootsy. Yes. And oh, these guys in concert many times. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, thank God. <laughs> what, what, what was those scenes like? Uh, incredible. They, yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't come on stage until like midnight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you'd be like having a long time to to, to think about it. Um, yeah. And then we'd always have you know, uh, opening opening it. acts, but they were tremendous. <laughs> those are tremendous, tremendous, tremendous nights. Uh, yes. Did you have a lot of time to think about it in the parking lot before you got in it? <laughs> hey, or were you just like, let's hurry up, get into the, the show, because that's where the party is. We'll the, just wait it the, out. The pre-party, the drive party, the parking lot <laughs> yeah. party. the when, <laughs> Yeah, there were a lot of parties. Yeah. There were a lot of parties, Clay. Yeah, you're not going to, to see uh, Funkadelic and expect Billy Graham to walk in. No, there. no. <laughs> and when it was the, especially when it was the All-Stars, that's when Bootsy would be there and yeah. the whole crew would be there. There'd be like 30 people on the stage at one point, uh, at, at, at certain points. And I love that. George leading the... Yeah, uh, leading the charge, um, but uh, I, man, hearing uh, Hunter talk right there, you guys, it just brings me back to that day in Indianapolis. What a win that was! That was one of the nobody gave Huge. the Raiders a chance to win that game. Nobody was yeah. giving that, the Raiders a chance to win that game, and it was a great game too. Remember, I mean, that play that Hunter was talking about, where um, they they ruled it a touchdown at first. But then it, it actually worked out better that they said, no, it wasn't a touchdown. So they were able to kill some clock and then kick the game-winning field goal. One of was Carlson's five game-winning field goals right. last year. That was, that, that turned, the, that gave them a shot. 
that gave them the shot to then go play the Chargers and 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 you know punch their ticket to the playoffs. They don't win that game, they don't get that opportunity. Remember leading, one. remember leading up to the week, Heidi, where it was like Carson Wentz may or may not play, oh, yes. uh, mm-hmm. didn't get the shot, and then he, you know, was like, should he be allowed if he's not going to practice? And there was all this stuff that was like, you know, building up around it. But the Colts were like on. You didn't realize how much thin ice that was that they were on because they needed that win to get into the playoffs. And they lost the next week against Jacksonville, and then Jacksonville smoked them. I remember uh, T.Y. Hilton, yeah, getting that uh, huge touchdown, That's right. which was like almost fluky. The way it happened, because I don't think it was intended for him, if I remember right. I think it was intended for somebody else, and he happened to catch the bobble, you know, the, the tip of the ball and caught it. You know, <laughs> that's right. And it was like yep. a miraculous moment because you figure he's about to walk away uh, from the game, and that could have been it. And I remember everyone embracing down there at the end, and like really just being like, "Yeah, Ty, you're the yeah, guy." Yeah, and uh, afterwards, because where we are, usually Heidi doesn't join. Do you join us in the uh, press conferences? Yeah, you're yep. there usually in the press conferences, um, filming it. But if you remember, uh, the locker room was right next door to the uh, to where we were talking to the players and the coaches, and it was just a party. Yes, that that's there. right. That's right. Really? What was going on? They were, uh, they were celebrating. They were yeah. yeah. I mean, they had to they win knew. that game or else yeah. their season's over, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, and they went on the road in a tough place that was loud in there. It was packed, uh, obviously, with Colt fans. They, they thought they were going to win the game to, to punch their ticket to the playoffs. Um, and again, nobody really gave the Raiders uh, a, a chance in that game because they'd you know, they had kind of stumbled a couple previous, what, losing four straight, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of found that that last life uh, down the stretch and were able to, to, to accomplish, I think, something that was really special that really sets the stage for this year. I think, too, with Hunter Renfro, he literally spoke all that into existence. Remember, he was on the podium, I think it was in Kansas City, and he said, hey, look, we could win the last four games on the stretch and make the playoffs. <laughs> like he said that, and <laughs> then they KJ did. How about Coming yeah. to talk to us and saying, you know, he he pulled the team together that that before that one practice that KJ did or Hunter yeah, did no KJ oh, okay, uh, okay. a little bit earlier and and the message was we're not going home the first week in January. Mm. I know mm-hmm. everyone might be laughing at us right now and nobody might believe us, but that's the message. Like we're not going to go home the first week in January. And guess what? They didn't go home the first week of January. What was the most improbable win out of those last four games that they did? Because you you get smoked in, in Kansas City and then you go on the road to Cleveland. You know, back home against Denver, home or uh, on the road against Indianapolis, and then home against the Chargers. What was? Uh, what do you think was the most improbable she, win? Um, might have been the Colts. Yeah, I mean, it really might be because Jonathan Taylor was running with his hair on fire. Right. You knew that their offensive line was going to be good enough to create some more output on that, and then you, you're going on the road, and it, it's coming off of a devastating loss, and so you're going through all of that and thinking like, how do they get the momentum back? Plus, like Vinny said, you didn't know who, what, who was going to play quarterback at that time. So you have to prepare yourself for all different ki- type of case scenarios. Are you going to face someone that's a mobile quarterback or not? You know, those are the kind of things you have to look at, and then just. Um, if you don't get over that hump, it's, right. it's in, in game. I remember writing off of the uh, the Cleveland game and um, presenting a scenario where you know this this win it, it it opens a door and it was it was their win. I think that I think the Chargers lost to the Chiefs that week. I think it was um, where they blew it. They had remember they kept going for uh, they they kept going for it on fourth downs rather than kicking field goals and it ended up biting them on their butt. Oh yes. Um, so I, I I wrote a story saying you know. There, there's a scenario here for the Raiders to get to the playoffs. This is this has to happen, and and our great editor Bill Eichenberger calls me up. Are we overplaying this a little bit? I'm like, no. I mean, 
call it overplaying if you want, but this is the reality of the situation. This has to happen, and that has to happen. But if if any of those things, if those things do happen, they can get to the playoffs. And I don't think anyone was buying it at the time. I remember hosting my show. People were talking about passionate Raider. Was talking about bench Derek Carr. Let's see what we got in in Marcus Mariota. And there were a lot of people that were saying that same thing. I'm oh like, my God. you got to stop. There's a chance here, and Derek Carr gives you the best opportunity to close this thing oh, out. Just yeah. you don't. Marcus Mariota's not even under contract next year. What do you? You're not auditioning him for anything other than maybe another team. Uh, you got to stick with what uh, you know uh, gives you the best opportunity. And and sure enough, the right things happen not only for the Raiders but also uh, the Chargers. Kind of you know stubbing their toe a couple of weeks in a row. Then they go down to Houston and lose a game right after the Chiefs game. It was like this. Whoa! Oh, there's a real opportunity here now. So in, the most improbable win I, I would say was the Colts. The, the 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 greatest win, of course, was the Chargers game. That was a game that I still to this day will never forget. That was one of the great games of all time. Yeah, it's crazy you bring up the thing with Marcus Mariota because I remember that game and the Chiefs and the score and all that happened. Um, two things I remember after the game. All of the fans that Raider were Raider Nation that went over to where the um, tunnel is oh, yeah. where the players go. And all they were yelling as Carr came off the field was, we want Mariota, like at him <laughs> as he's leaving the field. Oh, and man. they were chanting for him. And then you go, <laughs> I was going from, there's a photo editing room, which I used during the game. And then I transferred myself over to the video area near the locker rooms to run all the stuff for the post game. As I was on that way, I remember watching Mark Davis walk with, Oh a, a serious look on his face, like determined to get in there and say something to the boys as he is heading that way to the locker room. Right. So like, you know, whatever he said to help fire them up. I mean, they all got on that win streak four wins. So, you know, it's, and, and when we were in Cleveland, I thought, Oh, here's another cold weather game. So, I mean, yes. I think every, with all the delays for that game. Yeah, remember? that too. I think a lot of that, uh, all that game, the Colts game. Yeah. It's, all the stuff that they went through down that stretch was pretty remarkable that they were able to pull off win after win after win to get to the playoffs. Right. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. It's Vinny, Heidi, and Clay here with you on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, we'll step aside. Marcus Johnson joins us up at 9 o'clock, but we'll take some calls in the third hour here on the Realty One Group listener line at 69187. Now back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker on RNR 920 AM. Be part of the show. Text us on the Sam and Ash text line. Text the keyword RNR followed by your message to 69187. Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate. Marcus Johnson said to join us at 9 o'clock from SB Nation and Tape Don't Lie. Uh, from the uh, text line 69187, I believe this was uh, from Raider Dave in Denver. He says, heck, wasn't there a scenario that the AFC Championship would have been played in Vegas last year? Oh, uh, Dave, I don't know about that. It, it, I think it could have been. Like, if there could have been a home game for an AFC I title. Don't, like, I do yeah, yeah, it there would were, have to be were, like the Steelers. I was just trying to remember because there were so many scenarios at that time right. that I can't. My brain didn't 
hold on to it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Because it, it seemed like there was so much improbability going on at the right. moment. Like it, there was a lot of like, if this team wins yeah. and if this team loses, and then the da, 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 because at first, remember, Raiders, if they got into the playoffs, weren't projected to be a five seed, I don't think. It was yeah, just they the actually, nature of the right, beast. Right. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's just a reminder. Uh, I know I know fans, you know, want to want to, you know, find out what the next guy is all about, you know, and, and bench this guy and bring that guy in. But, you know, as long as you have life, as long as mathematically you're still alive, uh, your obligation as a coach, as a franchise and as an organization is to play this thing out with the players that give you the best opportunity to win. There's no other. Nobody's like Rich. This is what I would say. Rich Basaccia is trying to bring audition Marcus Mariota for ne- Rich Basaccia has no idea where he's going to be next year uh, as the coach. He's trying to win right now. Like it made zero sense. I get it sometimes from the from the fans' uh, perspective, uh, but you know when you're in the building and you're trying to win football games as many football games as possible because your livelihood depends on it. There's no auditioning for next year, and there's no time for any of that nonsense. No, and that's, I think, <laughs> something when you think about this coming season and, and all that's being put into it, uh, we were looking to look at the AFC South and how, you know, the Raiders can get past some of those teams. We talked a little bit about the Titans and, you know, looking at what some of the teams have done in the off season is compelling. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I think Jacksonville wins more than three you know, three games this year. Um, they could very much be an improved team. So the Raiders have so much to prepare for and, and getting ready and focus. Yes, they do. And uh, yeah, Dave, you're right. I mean, if the Steelers won and the Chiefs lost, yeah, something could have happened down there. But right. yeah, it was such a wild, uh, a fantastic end of the season. It's like you didn't want to wish it too far because no. you felt like you were on a you know, borrowed time anyway. But uh, back to the uh, Colts real quick. Did you feel that, and you brought up Matt Ryan yesterday, Heidi, like, is this his last chance like to go and show everybody that as a veteran quarterback and now for Frank Reich to finally maybe have a solid guy they could trust on? But does Matt Ryan still have the arm strength to go and get what needs to get done here? Here's the thing. I think last year the Falcons had become a very one-dimensional team. Mm-hmm. And to that, Matt Ryan didn't have a lot of uh, great connections to get to, if you remember right. Um, That's right. You know, he had... Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Now you come into a situation where you have a Jonathan Taylor to take some of that pressure off of you. You've got guys that can be targets out there on the field for you. You have a great offensive line. I really think the Colts offensive line is one of the strongest in the NFL. Hence the yards that you see Jonathan Taylor pick up and acquire. They open up lanes for this guy and that's going to open up things for Matt Ryan to do work. He's still going to be, uh, you know, there's guys that are game managers and there's guys that are above average is guys that are elite. I I would put him still in the above average category. And I think that he's still somebody that isn't going to be mobile. So the offensive line is going to have to be aware of that. He's more of a pocket passer. He's not going to run a lot. So you know what you're going to get out of him as a product and a quarterback. And I just think if you, if you think of this team and how their offense was last year, I think that he's not necessarily an, upgrade but he's going to keep him right there he's okay. going to keep him right there maybe they can produce 10 wins maybe um I, I just said you know last year they were um i think a nine and eight team i think this could be at least a 10 win team with matt ryan there well okay. ask yourself this awesome. is he better than philip rivers you know what? a couple of years ago yeah and yeah where did the colts go a couple of years ago 
Yeah, they went to the playoffs. Right. Yep. Is he better? He's, he's to me. He's an upgrade over Carson uh, Wentz. Yes. You know, th- they're going to agree to that. So there, so there <laughs> is. I'm not... still in debate on the Philip Rivers one. I was like, maybe yeah. uh, it, Carson Wentz. Yes. You know, it's right. funny because he kept he, Frank Reich was able to keep Carson. Or, um, I'm sorry, Philip Rivers from uh, just launching balls wherever he wanted to, like the way he did with the Chargers. There was a lot more rain in on him, but that offensive line kept him from hitting the dirt. I remember that game against the uh, the the Raiders, and then when they had that three game losing streak at Allegiant Stadium he came off the the field and his jersey was clean yeah and he was he was he you know at that point in his career he's kind of just lobbing it up there it's not like he had <laughs> some superior arm strength and so no agility right when you're talking about Matt Ryan's arm strength uh, compared to what Philip Rivers's arm strength was uh there, there comes a point in time in, in certain players' career where just their savviness, their understanding their intelligence they're knowing how to get the ball uh, to people it doesn't have to be you know, going 100 miles uh, uh, per hour. So I think he definitely has sufficient enough arm strength uh, t- to get it done. All right, we're Raider Nation Radio here on the Morning Tailgate. Marcus Johnson is going to join us next uh, from SB Nation, and we'll ask him, uh, get his thoughts on Sue, but also at the same time, his thoughts on the AFC breakdown. When you go up against the AFC South, how does he think it'll play out? We'll get to Marcus in just a few minutes. Hey, guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. 